Hi everyone, this is my potted version, if you like, of um, chapter two uh, of Andrew Ollerton's book, The Bible, A Story That Makes Sense of Life. But I want to start with a little story um, that my dad used to tell. He uh, came home from his first Sunday school and my grandmother asked him what he had learned and he says, I learned that the apple goes round the orange and not the other way round. And he knew it was really, really important, but he didn't have a clue what the teacher was on about, and nor did his mother. And Andrew Ollerton in this book explains that until the 16th century, most people thought that planet Earth was the centre of the universe, and therefore the sun must circulate around it. And we love to put ourselves at the centre of the universe. But the truth is... The apple, if you like, the earth, goes around the orange, the sun, and not the other way around. Andrew Ollerton writes, humans don't flourish when we think we're the centre. Instead, this belief produces a cocktail of arrogance and control, anxiety and despair. And he calls today for a similar adjustment of perspective on a spiritual rather than cosmic level. To help clear our heads, he says. Genesis declares in the beginning, God, before you and I, before society, social media, nations, iPhones, God. And he challenges us, what would you say is the real centre of your life? When we centre our lives on God, we can explain so many deeply held values, how we feel about birth, death, love and all that's sacred. When we believe God comes first, it makes sense of human existence, human value, human purpose. But who exactly is God to you? When we talk about this with others, we might find the word God conjures up a whole load of really weird stuff. Lots of people who are committed atheists turn out not to believe in a ridiculous kind of God that we wouldn't believe in either. But the God of the Bible, Andrew Ollerton says, is a God of action who created the cosmos. And by this, we can learn three things about him. Firstly, that he is supremely powerful and yet he knows and cares about us. Um, I know several of you really enjoyed our time yesterday and here's an image um, that Andrew Ollerton gives that triggers even more. Apparently, if you shrank the Milky Way to the size of North America, then the solar system, the Sun, Mars, Venus, etc., would be the size of a coffee cup. Planet Earth would just be a bubble spinning round inside the coffee cup. So how does God know every hair on our heads? Why would the creator of the universe bother with such things? Why would he bother with us? looking at Psalm 8, verse 3 to 4, but he does. And the second thing about God is that he's a prolific artist. The heavens declare his glory, as the psalmist says, and he delights in colour and symmetry and beauty and variety. He's a generous and joyful artist and the source of all beauty and goodness. How does he bother to have 270,000 species of flower on that tiny bubble floating around the coffee cup? And of one species, the orchid, 25,000 varieties. By the way, the orchid on my bathroom window I mentioned on Sunday has burst into flower. 
and the dead-looking palm thing has sprouted a couple of tiny shoots halfway up. Anyway, the third thing about God is that he is wisdom personified. Andrew Ollerton puts it really well. He says, if the world has been designed by a divine genius, then we'll flourish when we follow his original purpose. He uses the analogy of a plank of wood and grain running through it. And he says, Genesis reveals deeply ingrained patterns relating to work and rest, sexuality and gender, ecology and technology. There is a way to live in the world that avoids a lot of pain and regret. It's called wisdom. He says, no matter our past, Genesis invites us into a new future, a life centred on God.